Hey, everybody, welcome to ClickBang. So I hear all of this nonsense, and it is nonsense in the media making this huge deal about the alt-right, but more specifically about this uh, this group that I don't really care to give them any publicity, but they are the National Policy Institute, I believe is their name, and they got this Richard Sherman character who is their leader, and uh, they made a big deal about it. I'm sure you all saw a couple weeks ago, this is uh, you know, a little bit after Trump, uh, Trump won, you had these nudniks show up in Washington, D.C., and they had a meeting, and uh, you see a bunch of people you know, going, Heil Trump, and throwing up the Nazi salute, and obviously, um, you know, there was so much fuss about this, given that there's 250 people and they had 50 different media outlets. Yeah, like 50 different media outlets there covering it. I thought that seemed odd. So I decided to look into these nudniks and a little bit more into the alt-right. Now, if you haven't listened to, I, this is the second show I've done on the alt-right. The first was a couple months ago. Maybe it was in October or September, something like that. Uh, it's uh, called Pepe the Frog and the alt-right, something like that. Anyway, look up that show because that has some other stuff on the alt-right before any of, uh, you know, the neo-Nazis showed up. So this narrative started a few months ago when, you know, at the time I thought it was really funny that Hillary Clinton would put an official release on her blog. And this really exists. I don't even, I still don't think they've taken it down. If you go to HillaryClinton.com, which I don't recommend, but go ahead if you want to, you'll see uh, this article, you know, Pepe the Frog, white, white supremacy, and explainer. It's hilarious. Hilarious. And that's how this narrative started. Why she, at the time, I didn't understand at the time why she was making such a big fuss about a cartoon frog, but now I do. What it seemed to me at the time that the alt-right was I still have yet to meet a single person, either online or in person, who identifies as being alt-right, but apparently this is very important. Uh, what I thought it was at the time were people who were younger people who, le who leaned right politically, leaned you know more conservative, but who were also kind of rascals. You know, They love this Pepe the Frog, and I got to say, I love Pepe too. I don't know what it is about him, but I find him, <laughs> I find him adorable. When he's sad, I want to cheer him up. When he's partying, I want to party with him. He, I don't know. He's, he's just this, this comic that, I don't know. I like him. I think he's funny. And people do funny things with him. They make all these, these, these funny memes. And then there are, you know, and that's like 99% of the memes. And then like 1% of the Pepe the Frog memes are him wearing, you know, jackboots and a swastika and, you know, whatever. Those, there, there are people who are going to make racist, anti-Semitic, white supremacist things out of anything. Because if something is popular, you know, why not saddle on to that? So what I thought at the time when I first did that, you know, the alt-right Pepe the Frog thing, um, thanks to Hillary's hilarious blog post on her website, was, you know, I, I thought it was these people who are, you know, just having some fun with the election. And uh, they're the, you know, maybe they were the cool people on, on the right, you know, with their, you know, Pepe the Frog memes and, you know, just causing a little bit of mayhem, you know, a little bit of... Uh, is a little a little bit of uh, twisted fun, right? But then you see after the election, you see these National Policy Institute nudniks. They show up in D.C. and it caused a big stir. I think what the media has been looking for for a long time 
is, you know, some evidence of some real evidence of Trump protesters doing like really horrible racist stuff. So when they called, the media didn't call, the NPI called the media and said, hey, this is who we are and this is what we're about. Okay, website. All right. Looks like you're white supremacist or white uh, nationalists or whatever. Okay, we're interested. Yeah, we're going to have a big meeting. You guys should come. They're like, whoo, load up the van, Charlie. <laughs> we're going to go film some neo-Nazis, you know, and they showed up. And of, and of course, you know, they start doing this hail Trump thing and then the, you know, what looks like a Nazi salute. So here are some things that stood out to me about this that seemed very, very odd. Okay. First of all, I am familiar with, you know, people who are identified as alt-right or, or conservative or, or whatever, or sometimes not even, I'll go over some of those examples. So I'm, I'm familiar what happens when these people have a public meeting, you know, like at a university campus or, or whatever, you know, a lot of times it's Milo. And what happens whenever Milo shows up somewhere? The left goes crazy. The radical left left wingers they they show up and they try to shut down the event. It's what they call what they call no platforming. Okay, when there's somebody who has an opinion that they that they don't like, they will try to physically prevent people from going into the meeting. Once the meeting eventually starts, which it usually does, but sometimes they are successful in you know getting it no platformed and shutting down the meeting altogether. But if the meeting does start, like uh, you can look back at uh, the, the the most famous one. I think was at uh, University of Amherst where Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, Christina Hoff Summers and uh, Stephen Crowder did this, uh, did this talk. They, they, they get in the audience and they go crazy. They yell at the top of their lungs. They bring air horns. They do everything possible to disrupt these events because they don't like what these people have to say. They don't want right wing or conservative leaning people speaking their mind freely on campus because they are against free speech and they do everything they can to no platform them. So now when you get some people who are really out there, this NPI, who's doing the Nazi salutes and everything, where's the no platforming? There wasn't any. Nobody tried to do anything to prevent people from going in there. There was no people in there who were trying to, you know, shout them down. No, they let them have free reign. Gee, I wonder why. And the media, who typically ignores right-wing speakers who go to college campuses, there were 50 of them who showed up to videotape 250 of these idiots. Hmm, I wonder why. And then, if you think about it a little bit more, these NPI people... They claim to really like Trump. They claim to be Trump supporters, right? Let me ask you a question. Would somebody who supports Trump get up and in front of a national audience, which they knew that they had because they invited all these, these mainstream media public, uh, these mainstream media people to come and they showed up in force. Would you do the one thing that is going to make Trump look as bad as possible and completely conform to the existing media narrative to which before this point had no evidence. Does that sound like somebody who really likes Trump? They're going to do the one thing fucking Heil Hitler salutes. Do they think that that is going to help Trump? Of course not. They know it's not. They know it's going to make him look horrible and he's going to have to say something about it, which he eventually did. 
this is a bunch of nonsense. Listen, there may be people in that group who truly feel that they are, you know, that, that they're that they might identify as alt right and they might be neo Nazis and they might like Trump. But if they if they if all of those things were really true, they wouldn't have done what they did because they know how bad that looks for Trump. And if the left wing crazies who typically know platform and event really believe that these people were were that, that they would have tried to no platform it and they didn't. Now the media narrative is complete. Oh, look, now they got these 250 people on, on camera who, you know, couldn't possibly be more insignificant. I mean, you I, I had to actually look into these people. Thank God for tour for the tour browser. I had to look into these people to see what they're all about. Um, are they racists? Yeah, probably. Um, they say they're not. And, you know, they say basically that they just want to preserve the white race and they they just want to kind of be left on their own or, or something, I guess, which I don't know. Call it racist or not. I don't know. What, whatever you want. I don't care. I want nothing to do with these people. And when you look into them, is there a anti-Semitic uh, tinge to them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're not talking about gas chambers and, and ovens or anything like that, but they, I do believe that there is definitely a, a chunk of these people, these 250 people, who don't like the Jews very much. If you believe that they believe any of this stuff at all, because honestly, like, I see no reason to believe anything that they're saying. It's much more likely that one of those two things are true, that they either are whacked out white supremacist neo-Nazis, or they like Trump because they would not do both, they, they, they wouldn't. If they liked Trump, they wouldn't do that. And if the left took them credibly, they would no platform them. Nothing about this makes any sense. Unless you consider what Hillary started doing several months ago, labeling the alt-right as just this bad thing, right? And then a lot of people defended the alt-right and said, no, they're not so bad. They're just people who like Pepe the Frog and like causing you know mischief online with their memes. So a lot of people said, they looked at what the alt-right was known to be or thought to be at the time and said, Hillary's fucking crazy. She is. This is ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with Pepe the Frog. And I think that the alt-right is okay. And some organizations said, yeah, this is cool. So now what you have is you have these, whether it be people, individuals, websites, uh, Infowars, Breitbart, whatever, all, all those saying, yeah, we support the alt-right. They're fine. And if you looked at what the alt-right was doing at the time, it was fine. But now all of a sudden, you got these neo-Nazis. Now, you know, and I had to look into these people. You know, they what? here's what they say. They say, and again, I don't care what they say. I want nothing to do with these people. And I don't really believe anything that they have to say for the reasons I've stated before. They say, oh, no, we weren't doing a Nazi salute. We were doing a Roman salute. So then I'm like, oh, okay. Now I got to look up what's the difference between a Nazi salute and a Roman salute. And then I suddenly came to the realization that who fucking cares? These people are idiots. Don't pay any attention to them at all. That's the fucking point. Why would you give these people any attention? They're a fringe group of 250 people. They mean nothing. I, go, I went to their YouTube channel. They're struggling to get 1,000 views on a video. And here's the kicker. If you look at that video... It's a bunch of basically white dudes who used to, you know, got kicked out of the Dungeons and Dragons Club in junior high 
That's that's who these people are. It's a bunch of it's it's a bunch of really socially awkward people, and no women. So if these are the people who you know, according to them, want to just preserve the white race, how are you going to do that without any women? The only woman I saw there was Tila Tequila, and well, that's not going to work because she ain't white. Besides, how many babies could she pop out? Although she is hot. It is, they are beyond insignificant. They can't even reproduce. They're nobody. They're nothing. They barely fucking exist. Yet, they're on, you know, for like a week, that's all you saw on Facebook was these fucking retards giving Nazi salutes. For fuck's sake, pay attention. This is nonsense. Don't give these people any attention. Oh, that's right. I'm talking to the left. What a joke. What a fucking joke. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. And listen, I'm not defending these people. I want nothing to do with these people. I don't know if they're sincere or if they're plants or what. I just want nothing to do with them. That said, if you look at what they're saying and you look at what they're doing, let's compare this to another group of racists Black Lives Matter. Now, Black Lives Matter is basically saying the same stuff that they are, but, you know, except they're black supremacists instead of white supremacists, except there's one big difference. Black Lives Matter actually goes out and does violent shit. They go out and they shut down highways, which is extremely dangerous. They block bridges and start thumping on people's cars with baseball bats assuming that they're Trump supporters. They go out and they beat the shit out of white people just because they're white. They're doing real dangerous shit. And don't give me the shit about how they're, they're, they're a fringe little group of black, of, black, of black Lives Matter because when you ask Black Lives Matter to disavow these people's actions, they don't. And it keeps happening again and again and again. I watch them march down the streets in New York chanting what do we want dead cops when do we want it now i saw them on another march uh, pigs in a in a blanket fry them like bacon they keep saying they want dead cops and then one day whoops all of a sudden there's some guy who goes out and shoots four dallas cops and he says he did it because black lives matter what are the what are the crazy white supremacists doing that's violent nothing they're just saying stupid shit and they get national media attention for this. When Black Lives Matter gets national media attention, they're not condemned. No, they're saying, no, they're doing good things. They're trying to stop police abuse. No, they're not. No, they're not. And they don't give a shit about black people. I'll tell you why, because if they gave, if Black Lives Matter actually cared about black people, they'd be saying and doing something about the thousands of people that are being shot and killed in inner cities, especially Chicago, every year. There have been, during Obama's tenure, I think something like 6,000 people were killed, black people in Chicago, black on black violence. What do they say about it? Nothing. When a black person is killed by the police, they go out and riot. When 20 people... When 20 black people are killed by 20 other black people one weekend in Chicago, what do they say? Nothing. They do nothing. It's because they don't care about black people. They care about their narrative. They care about controlling what people say and what people think. They don't care about dead black people. And needless to say, 
if a white person gets killed by the police, what do they say? Of course, nothing. I mean, take them at their word. You know, a lot of people say, well, why, why black lives matter? Why not all lives matter? What's the answer? Because they don't think all lives matter. They care about their narrative. And if somebody dying doesn't fit their exact political narrative, they are silent. It's just like feminists who don't care. Feminists do not care about women. They don't. They care about their narrative. Because when a year ago, when that when hundreds, maybe even a thousand women were either raped or sexually assaulted during New Year's Eve in Cologne, what did the feminists say? Nothing. Why? Because the people who were doing it were refugees slash migrants, all Islam, all all people who were Muslims in Germany doing this tohorush thing that they do, which is they, they, they it just blows my mind that Islam has a name for a rape game. They actually have a name for it. All right, that tells you something. But when that happened, what did they say? Nothing, because Islam is high. Islam and Muslim, Muslims are higher on the progressive stack than regular white European women. So they can't say anything about it. And they didn't. And in fact, they not only did they say stay silent, the media covered it up. And it took months for it, to, or at least weeks to break out on social medias where people actually were going to talk about it. It's ridiculous. These people, this is, this is the problem with um, identity politics. It's that you don't actually care about individuals. Okay? That's why social justice is bullshit. It's all ideologically driven. It's all identity driven. We don't need social justice. We need individual justice. When somebody is actually wronged, when somebody is actually hurt, it doesn't matter what the identity of that person is. It doesn't matter if there was what the politics were behind it. Somebody was a victim. Stand up for the victim. When you turn your back on a victim because it doesn't fit your political narrative, you're a fucking hypocrite and you're fucking worse than useless. You're part of the problem. And so begins now, if, you, if you're interested in what's going on in the alt-right, because you go down this rabbit hole, you find all kinds of weird shit, right? It turns out if you were to make this alt-right which is which is totally useless. This is why this is why you shouldn't identify as any group. This is why I do not. And yeah, I, yeah, I should probably do this right now. This is why I do not identify as a Democrat. I don't identify as a Republican. I used to identify as a Libertarian, and I believe I'm, I'm still registered. I don't I don't identify with a Libertarian either. I there is no group out there that has political or cultural values that represent mine. So therefore, you know what? I don't identify with any group. Me. I have my own beliefs. I have my own opinions. And they're mine. They don't belong to anyone else, any other group. And no one can, listen, You, if you want to agree with me, that's fine. Then you just say, I agree with Russ. Great. I don't agree with anybody else. Fuck everybody. I've got my own beliefs. They stand on their own. And I'll be glad to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody who identifies with any movement on anything. And maybe I'll agree with you on some stuff, and maybe I won't. But I am never subscribing to any other group ever because it's fucking useless. Because all that happens is you, you you see this group, you like some of the things that you say, and you say, I'm a whatever, Ian. 
And you know what? Then one day some some fucking asshole who says he's a part of that group too does some fucking racist shit or, or God forbid shoot somebody and now you're a part of them. It's fucking useless. Let it go. It's stupid. Anyway, to get back to this alt-right because this is, this is the only reason why it's interesting. It's because for a long time the left has embraced all of this identity politics nonsense. The progressive stack, social justice, all this, you know, radical feminism, all this bullshit, all these terrible ideologies that don't work because they're just inherently flawed to the core. When you, when you, when you judge, when, when, when somebody is something because of who they are, because that's how they were born and that's how you judge them and that's how you deliver their privilege, it leads to things like people who are poor in Idaho and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan who hear these fucking kooks saying white privilege, this, and you know, patriarchy and privilege. And they are trying very hard to figure out where the next meal they're going to put on their table is going to be coming from. And then you see this fucking asshole in Yale yelling about white privilege. And they're saying, wait a minute, where do I cash my white privilege check? Because the last time I looked, I'm eating fucking macaroni and cheese and corn out of a fucking can. And this asshole in an Ivy League university is telling me about my white privilege. Fuck this. I used to vote Democrat. I'm voting for Trump. That's what happens. Identity politics fucking sucks. It's cancer. So the left has made the mistake of embracing these identity politics. Hillary went all in on the social justice and boy, did it hurt her. I really think if she just avoids that, she wins. But it's you it, just pissed off too many people with this bullshit. And people said, enough, enough. And all across the country, it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just Trump. It was a slaughter in the House. It was a slaughter in the Senate. It was a slaughter at the state level, governor level, uh, you know, uh, everywhere. The whole, it, it's red, painted, the, the map was painted red. Landslide, national landslide at every level. Because people looked at this, they looked at what the left has become, and they said, no, thank you. They did the same thing that I did a long time ago. They looked at this stuff, and maybe they don't know it's called, they don't know it, that it's called social justice. They don't know that it's called identity politics, but it's like pornography. You know, you know it when you see it. And they saw bullshit. They saw nonsense and they said goodbye. The left is still stuck in this. They're doubling and tripling down on social justice and identity politics. And you know what? Maybe that's the best thing for them because maybe the best thing is that in two years, if they don't let go of this and there is no sign that they are letting go, the media is not letting go of it. Democrat that, you know, the democratic party is not letting go of it. Maybe what, maybe they haven't actually hit rock bottom yet. And maybe in two years, we'll find out that when they keep this up and they get slaughtered again in the midterms, maybe then that will be what it takes to really kill social justice. I guess we'll have to learn. We'll wait for two years. But if they keep doing this, that's exactly what's going to happen. They cannot they cannot still pitch the same narrative to people and be expected to be taken seriously. People have woken up. It's, a, it, it's fucking nonsense. But now we see it happening on the right, too. And this is something you have got to stay away from. The right has got to stay away from this or else same thing's going to happen. And I see it happening already. And it's starting here with this alt-right. Okay? 
So before you had a lot of people who maybe were sympathetic towards or even identified as alt-right, but all those people were just like, I just want to judge everyone equally. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your religion is. But if you do bad, fucked up shit, I want nothing to do with you and you're not welcome. Okay? So it's not, it, it's like, it, it, here's how it works. You're not against Muslims. You're against Islam because Islam is a shit ideology. You're not against women. You're against feminism because feminism is a shit ideology. Okay? And that's what most of these people were. But now, with these, and it's hard to tell how, you know, there's only 250 of them they could they could find to show up in a, in a, in a boardroom or in, in a conference room. But there's probably more of them online. I don't think much more, but they're out there. And now you have all these people, you know, either claiming to be or claiming to be sympathetic towards the alt-right, and you have half of them who are, you know, basically normal people, whether or not you agree with their politics, they don't agree with identity politics. They don't care if you're Jewish. They don't care if you're black. As a matter of fact, if you are, join the party. We're having fun over here. You are all welcome. And then you have these idiots like NPI and other, you know, other groups that need, you know, that I don't need to, uh, to, to promote at all for sure because I want nothing to do with them who don't feel that way. And they do believe in identity, in identity politics. They do believe in white identitarianism. They do believe in anti-Semitism. Uh, it doesn't appear, at least not right now, that they believe it in the violent sense. But they do believe, if you are Jewish, there is something wrong. That we really don't want you to be a part of our movement. Okay, we don't. We don't want. If you're, if you're white, great. If you're white and Jewish, no, go away. We don't want you. So, just like the the left has a progressive stack that says, you know, the more male, straight, cisgendered, um, white you are, the more you are a part of the patriarch and you, the more you're just a problem because of who you are. They're doing the same thing on the right. Their progressive stack, I guess, I don't know, they'll have to call it something else. Uh, I'm not about to make up a name for them. But their right-wing identitarian uh, ideological stack will basically be in the reverse order. And there will be a war on the right. I already see it starting because there's just enough of, there's just enough of these idiots and they're certainly good at being loud and obviously getting national media attention where this is to, to going to become a thing. And there will be a war. It has already started. Um, I recommend that you don't pick a side. There is nothing that can be gained from this. Stop strapping labels to yourself. It does no one any good, least of all yourself. Believe in what you believe in. Believe in individual justice. And set the labels aside. You want a strong, healthy America? You want everyone to be doing better? You don't need a label for that. Here's the only label that you need. It's the one that's on your passport. You're an American. I'm on Team America. If you're on my team, I don't need to know anything else about you. We're good. So I want to talk a little bit about the something I call the left's worst nightmare. This is the worst possible thing that could happen from their perspective. Now, if you watch, you know, since the beginning of Trump's period of being president-elect, he has literally been 
criticized extremely harshly for everything that he has done, literally everything. Every tweet, every uh, appointment, every everything that he has, even going around the country to say thank you, people say that's a bad thing. Everything. Uh, and it's been nearly universal across you know mainstream media, I guess except Fox. Just for a quick example, listen to this. This is some talking heads on MSNBC talking about Trump's little thank you tour. Now, what you will hear in this clip, which is under a minute long and aired on MSNBC prime time, okay? You will hear in 58 seconds, Hitler imagery, the fact that this thank you tour, according to them, is menacing and threatening the population. And it looks just like a Ku Klux Klan rally. They got all that in in 58 seconds. Listen. I have a sort of instinctual aversion to um, the, the, the mode of the Trump rally, particularly after he won, because it feels like it feels not that far from, you know, rallies for the leader, which mm -hmm. don't have a great history, I think, in, in, in politics across the world. I mean, the whole posture is, you know, kind of one of both both rallying the people who voted for him and also kind of menacing and threatening the majority who didn't, right? With these sort of menacing asides. They're on our side. They just don't know it yet. You know, you're going to like what we have in store. It's, I don't think that I'm reading too much into Right, I mean, that's my that question, right? Like, in the words of Barack Obama, like... Are you saying that's menacing because of the words? Or are you saying it because it's coming from the mouth well, of Donald Trump? I'm saying it's. I mean, I mean, yeah, because it's coming from the mouth of Donald <laughs> right, Trump, right. who's going to turn our country into a racist police state. Well, uh, but well, I think that's what he he ran on, and here we are. Right? <laughs> right. Trump rallies have a feeling of a Klan rally. They have a feeling of a white supremacist rally. For whoops, I forgot the part about uh, the fact that Trump is going to turn America into a racist police state because that's what he ran on. These people aren't lying. They really believe this. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta sit back. Listen, I'm not thrilled with every single one of his appointments, but if you look at just kind of the general mood of what's happening, his favorability numbers are going through the roof. The Dow Jones is certainly going through the roof. Like, people seem pretty happy with what's been going on so far. You know, people who are not the media, at least. But then again, of course, if you check your Facebook feed, I'm sure you'll see lots of people just parroting the everything is, you know, the sky is falling, you know, coming from the media. But, you know, no, there's no original thoughts of their own. It's just, oh my God, Trump said something. It's terrible. This shows that he's a horrible dictator, you know? I'm trying to understand things from their perspective of what they're going through right now. This is what happens when the media gangs up around a lie that Trump has no chance of winning because he is saying horrible, racist, sexist, all the other ists things, and that he could never win. Because America would not vote for that. He can't win. It's impossible. No path to 270. You've heard it all. You saw it all. That is what everyone was told. That there was no chance that Trump was going to win. 
that Hillary was going to win in a huge electoral landslide. They had projections of her winning like 370, 380 electoral votes. Didn't happen. They were told that there is no, again and again, there is no path to victory for Trump to 270. Just impossible. Day of the election. Polls showing Hillary had a 98 point something chance. This was as big of a shock as possible to them. And now they're doing all this nonsense with, the, you know, the Jill Stein recount was just wonderful. I love Jill Stein so much. She put out this recount, collected $7 million. Net result was extra votes for Trump. I mean, not a ton, but, you know, not, not for Hillary and not for her that anyone can tell. And... I don't know if you saw, but Michigan just passed a voter ID law because as a result of her recount, it exposed that there was massive voter fraud, at least, you know, the preponderance of evidence that there was massive voter fraud in Detroit was overwhelming. So the Michigan legislator said, well, look at this. Guess what? We're passing voter ID now. So the Hillary supporters, because it sure as hell wasn't the Jill Stein supporters who paid for this. Jill Stein collected $3.5 million over 18 months for her campaign. Then she raised $7 million in a week. That wasn't Jill Stein supporters. That was Hillary supporters. Big time. Bigly. <laughs> so Hillary Clinton supporters paid $7 million for a couple of dozen votes for Trump and simultaneously exposed huge voter fraud in Detroit, which resulted in voter ID law, which is their fucking wor- one of their fucking worst nightmares. They don't want voter ID law because when you do that, it's harder to cheat. That's why I was so happy about this recount from the beginning because I wasn't really thinking about Michigan. I was thinking about Pennsylvania. I said, oh, please, please go deep into Philly and expose what's going on there because there's probably more voter fraud in Philadelphia than anywhere else in America except New York City. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you don't have to show, I, it's so crazy. You have to show ID for just about anything to buy a six pack, to buy a, a pack of cigarettes, to get a hotel room, everything you need ID for. You want to vote in New York? Sure. What's your name? They can't, by law, they can't even ask you for ID. Just go there. Tell them your name. Vote. I mean, uh, literally all you need is a phone book and you can vote as many times as you want. You know, sure, you might show up somewhere and say, hey, didn't they'll say, hey, didn't you vote already? Oh, okay, then you just leave. Nothing happens. So you have this massive, that's why I really wanted it. But, you know, so, you know, I guess they're not doing the the recount in Philadelphia, and that's really too bad. But anyway, it's just such a smack in the face. It's unbelievable. It's Jill Stein trolled Hillary supporters so hard, walked off with their money, and it's just now Trump's won twice. And now they're doing this nonsense with the, uh, the Hamilton electors, which is, you know, a bunch of people who are, they're actually on both sides. There's some Hillary voters who said they won't vote for Hillary. And there are, there's some Trump electoral voters who say they won't vote for Trump. They'll vote for someone else or do something. It's again, more nonsense. The, the electoral college was a landslide for Trump and there is no way they're going to get that close, but they're going to cause a big stink in the process. And that's fine. Listen, they're not usually they're not doing anything illegal. There's some states that do have, you know, laws that say the electors can't switch their vote, but honestly, those, it, it's, they're little laws. They're, you know, a fine. 
It doesn't matter. If, if somebody is of the mindset that is saying, I'm going to switch my electoral college vote, college vote, which is, which what it means is, you know, depending what state you're in, it could, it could mean you're, you're basically saying like each one of those electoral vote uh, votes, it represents thousands of people. So if you're willing to say, you know, I'm so much, I'm so much smarter. I know so much what's going on better than the thousands of people I was chosen to represent that I'm going to go against their will. If you're willing to do that, and I imagine the social, the social pressure to do that and the ostrich, I mean, how would you feel if that was one of your voters, you know, if that was one of, one of your electoral college representatives, you know, your candidate won, and they're going to go out and say, basically give you the finger and say, I'm going to do what I want. You'd be pretty pissed. I'd imagine the social pressure is immense, a lot more immense than, you know, a few hundred dollars for a fine. You know, that's nothing. As a matter of fact, that almost legitimizes it a little bit for them because then it's, then it becomes like an act of civil disobedience, you know? It, the, the fine probably helps them justify their decision in some weird way. But anyway, Trump won once on November 8th. He won again this week when... You know, this uh, this whole recount thing is dead in the water. And he'll win a third time on December 19th when this uh, Hamilton electors thing fails. And at every step along along the way. And and then, oh, he'll win again on January 20th when he, during the inauguration because uh, Michael Moore is going to look like an idiot for doing what he's trying to do with get people to show up there. And, and I don't know what, exactly what he's doing, just some massive protest and disruption. It, 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 the left, keeps looking worse and worse since they lost. Everything they accuse Trump of go what, what he's going to do, like when Trump loses, they're going to take to the streets. Well, guess who took to the streets? And not only, you know, just walked around angry, started smashing up businesses and assaulting people. The left keeps looking worse and worse and worse. And the media keeps looking worse and worse. They keep doubling down on their lies, their rhetoric, this social justice nonsense, the people they're appointing, keeping Nancy Pelosi around, they have not learned a thing. It is madness, utter madness, and they clearly cannot control themselves. You would think, I mean, there's a couple of them. There's a couple I've seen who have said, hey, listen, we just got our asses beat. We lost the presidency. We lost houses. We lost uh, representatives in the House. We lost senators. We lost governors. We lost people at the state level. There isn't a place where they didn't lose huge. It was just a crushing defeat. You know, it might even be worse than when Reagan won. And, you know, I'm just guessing, but I'm, I, I should have looked up the numbers in advance, but it kind of doesn't matter that the reason why they lost so bad it's not just Hillary. That's just one. That's just one very important uh, election. But that's just one of you know dozens and dozens of very important elections that they lost. They lost because America has rejected their ideology. They have rejected this social bullshit nonsense because it's so deep in the left and it's so firmly attached to the left. People are like, no, enough. We don't want this anymore. And even though the social justice warriors and the radical feminists and the rest of them actually comprise a, a fairly small portion 
of the people who are who are Democrats, who are mostly good people, who just have a different opinion on on how politics should work. They're they're you know I know these people. They're fine, but there is a percentage of them, probably more in New York where I live, because it's just a ridiculous echo chamber here. It's it's unbelievable. You should hear the things I, you know, if if I didn't have an ethical objection or moral objection to doing it, I should secretly record some of these conversations that I hear when I'm out. I mean, it's people are, they just have no grip on reality whatsoever. But anyway, maybe that's another side project for another day. I shouldn't do that though. Um, they are just in such denial that, and because they're, they've got their hooks in so deep to the party and into the media, it's making all Democrats look really bad. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. You know, the, the voices that are out there who have any kind of a platform saying, hey, listen, we need to do something different. Um, those voices aren't really getting heard right now. And what is their worst nightmare? Here, here's what it is. You see, a lot of these social justice types, some of them really believe in what they're doing, but a lot of them are just along for the virtue signaling ride. They know that the media presents this ideology as the virtuous one. Good people believe in this, so they kind of parrot it, but they're just doing it so that they get likes on Facebook and stuff. They don't really believe it deep in their heart. They just know that other people are saying it, so they should say it too. A lot of these people who aren't all in into social justice they're kind of wondering wait a minute what if trump is actually a good president like what if he's like really popular and things start going better in the economy i mean we already say look at the stock market it's through the roof since he got elected he hasn't even i mean he's done a few cool things but i mean he doesn't really have any power like you do once you're the actual once you're actually the president things are already looking up they're getting really really nervous that he might be a huge success now their ideology was already firmly rejected by the voters what happens now if things start going well nothing could be worse they are at the point right now where, you know, like I said, the recounts failed. The Hamilton electors will, will fail. He will be sworn in on, on January 20th, and then they will have nothing left. Except one thing. To actually hope that America does badly for the next four years. That is all they have left. And when the only thing you have left is to root against America and then lose when America does well, I think that's when you know that you've hit rock bottom. And maybe that is what's needed to wake that addict up. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you soon. Cheers.